and you're using the term diva, chances are very good you're referring to a wide receiver. And if you're referring to a wide receiver being a diva, chances are excellent that you're referring to something that you see, hear, or read that you don't like or can't relate to on social media, in which case, wow, no, just just don't. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates. I hate topics like this. Can I just state that part up front? Uh, I'm not into the drama stuff, the diva stuff, the uh, bickering back and forth about who can and can't do this or that in the public eye. I acknowledge always that times change. I don't live in the past. I try to move with them as much as that's possible. Always have. So when I see something that makes me cringe as much as an entry on Steelers.com by a team employee that describes Chase Claypool as having exhibited diva-type behavior over the course of his rookie season, yeah, I'm, I'm going to cringe that much more. It was written by Bob Labriola, for whom I have uh, immeasurable respect. He's been with the Steelers for a long, long time. Uh, again, he's a team employee. He's He's been there forever. He knows the territory. He knows the front office. He knows the ownership. And at the same time, it's a team website. It just is. There's always something different about any content that is on a team website. Because whether it's fair or not, it's implied publicly that it's team-endorsed. And sometimes, like in the case of um, Major League Baseball's websites, they have a line at the bottom that say, Neither Major League Baseball nor the Pittsburgh Pirates endorse da 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 whatever. It doesn't matter. It's on your site. It's on your site. I, I've derisively referred to those things over the years as house organs. Because you'll never find anything that's critical, uh, much less bitingly critical. So when this shows up on the Steelers' website and you see that Chase Claypool the remarkably promising, remarkably talented rookie wide receiver who has not a smudge of anything negative attached to his record. Growing up in Canada, going to Notre Dame, his first year in Pittsburgh, not a single smudge to his name has to see this on Steelers.com, that he has exhibited diva-type behavior. Back it up. Back it up. What do you mean? What do you say? Where are the examples? What did he do? What was it? If I'm going to call out somebody, and believe me, I when, when, when A.B. started going way off the deep end, 
I don't care whether he was diva this or diva that. He just started going loco. But whenever I would relay that to my audience, I gave examples. I gave direct examples of things that I had witnessed with my own eyes, seen, heard, experienced specific stuff. In a couple of cases, it was directly between me and him. And you either read or heard about it right from me. If you're going to do that on the website of the team that employs this rather important individual, you gotta you got to back it up with something here. And again, this isn't a this isn't a, a shot or a dig at Lab or whatever, but he's not in the locker room. That's not part of his role. That's the way he has structured it. I've, you know, that's that's his thing. That's his call. That's the way the team has arranged it. He does not go in the locker room. I'm not referring to coronavirus times. I mean regular times. So I doubt very seriously that he experienced Chase Claypool's diva-type behavior Maybe he heard about it from somebody else with the team. Maybe he heard uh, coaches or front office people that he does interact with, uh, that, that Lab does. But again, let's, let's find out what it is. Or are we just talking about social media again? Are we just talking about the fact that when Juju Smith-Schuster went out stomping on logos, Chase Claypool was the one holding the camera, or that Chase would giggle in some of Juju's videos. Is that what we're talking about? Because if so, I gotta tell you, there's no crime in that. None at all. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our new partners at Fubo TV. If you're paying around 200 bucks a month for cable, as most of us do, Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels with an emphasis on sports, and now including AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh, meaning you can watch all the Penguins games, all the Pirates games, and you've basically lost all your excuses to hang on to cable. For our listeners only, go to FuboTV.com DK to get 15% off your first month. One more time. FuboTV.com slash DK, 15% off your first month. I'm not a fan of Juju. I've, I've never hidden that. But it has not a thing to do with his social media presence or anything. I wasn't crazy about the logo stomping either, but that was for football reasons. I just don't think you disrespect your opponent. I think that's a sportsmanship issue. But all of his social media presence and... Uh, the dog having its own account and all that other stuff. I mean, I get it. It 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 works. It resonates. I'll never pretend nor claim to try to be able to keep up with all of the times. My issues with Juju was that he was one thing in front of these cameras and another thing entirely when the cameras were away. And that's duplicitous. That That's not a generational thing. That's just, that's not being authentic. And whenever you tell people something like that, they think you're all weirded out or, you know, not getting something or whatever. No, duplicitous means duplicitous. But what mattered 
about Juju and what will always matter about Juju, regardless of where he's employed next season, will be how he performs on the field. It's really not more complicated than that. A.B., for all his warts, for all his goofiness and the stuff that got the Steelers into legitimate hot water, as long as he went out and had games like that one he had late a couple seasons ago in New Orleans, so what? I mean, look, you don't want him, you know, I understand. A.B., it's it's dangerous to bring up A.B. in relation to this other stuff because A.B. also had really serious charges brought against him at different times. So I probably shouldn't do that. But the idea here is that he he had results on the football field. What matters the most in these equations, provided you're not talking about criminal stuff here, and in the case of Juju and Chase Claypool, we're certainly not, is does it affect your performance or your team's performance on the field? I've seen scant at best evidence to think that it does. Scant at best. Did Juju's, I don't know, dancing, stomping, whatever, cause him to have a couple of key fumbles during his time in Pittsburgh? Seems unlikely, you know? (laughs) Seems unlikely. Did it cause him to be in less than his best uh, level of conditioning? Nope. Did it have that impact on Chase Claypool? Nope. Was Claypool a really dynamic rookie for the Steelers, despite partaking in some of Juju's videos or whatever quote-unquote diva-type behavior he might have exhibited? He was a really good football player who's only going to get better as his frame fills out as he gets a little bit older. A couple of the drops that he had he won't have, you'd think, moving forward. Some of the big plays that he might have left on the field, particularly downfield, maybe next year they won't be that. But it won't have anything to do with what he puts on social. It just won't. I mean, and anybody who's hung up on this stuff or labels it, anybody, anybody, look in the mirror, man. Think about what you're doing. You know, I mean, the the world changes. The world doesn't stay still for you. Neither you nor I nor anyone else on this planet is anywhere near that important. There's stuff that my kids do that I don't get. I don't get. I just, I just, I just smile and I see that they're happy, and I feel good about it. Nothing else to it. It's not that complicated. But if it's not about social media, if it's about something else, this diva-type behavior, one last time, let's see it, let's hear it, let's read it. Don't just throw it out there. This kid is way too important to the future of the Pittsburgh Steelers. When we come back, just one question. question. If you'd like to leave one, you can do that by visiting DK Pittsburgh Sports. Find the article that contains this podcast and leave it right there in comments. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you 
by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George, LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need help with workers' comp, who filed for medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. Today's Just One Question comes from Nate Hinsman, who asks, Looking past 2021 to the Steelers' cap flexibility in 2022, what moves make the most sense today for setting this team up for future success? What are the top priorities? Is it Ben's successor, keeping the defense intact, rebuild the O-line, running game, free agent targets, etc.? Um, the reason I'm laughing is, as I read the early part of that question, was that cap flexibility in 2022 for the Steelers is really understating what they actually have. If you break down their cap right now, and understand, it's going to change. They're going to sign some guys to multi-year contracts that's going to impact that, do some restructuring and so forth. But cap flexibility at the moment that's $150 million. I'm going to repeat that. They have $150 million in open cap space in 2022. This is one of many reasons that I don't take seriously whenever people freak out about uh, even quarterback. Even the quarterback position. What quarterback can you not get that you'd want with that kind of flexibility? Look at the moves we've already seen around the NFL this offseason and then think of the ones still to come and ask yourself what you can do with borderline unlimited cap flexibility. Everyone seems to think that the quarterback has to be this Oh, magical person that you acquire in the draft and is wholesome and pure and has, you know, only ever stepped through the new fallen snow on their way to Pittsburgh via the draft. And it's just not the case. You can go get yourself a quarterback. Look at the past few Super Bowl champions. And look at how many of them did not start with that team, or in some cases, you know, like Tampa Bay just now, came from somewhere else right before that. There's all kinds of ways to address that position. The cap flexibility thing, yeah, it's going to close up. Because T.J. Watt does have to be signed for that. You're going to have to have money in the figurative bank for Minka Fitzpatrick, maybe for the wide receivers if they end up establishing themselves. I'm not talking about Juju here again. I mean the younger guys. Or the other guys, I should say. He's actually still one of the younger guys. The money will close up, but the money is there. The only place where the crunch exists, the only point on the cap map, if we can call it that, where there's any kind of tension, is the here and now. Okay, so Ben's back for one more year. Expectations aren't exactly through the roof for what the Steelers can do in 2021 as a football team. But Ben's back for one more year. You'll have some opportunity somehow, somewhere along the way, 
to make further judgments on Mason Rudolph's status, but Mason also would need to be signed. And if you're telling Mason, hey, hang around here, you're going to be the quarterback in 2022, you've also got to put pen to paper with him. And how do you do that? How does he do that without having established his worth? There are all kinds of decisions to be made. Uh, Your question asked about the top priorities. The top priority or the top priority is one I already mentioned, and, and that's TJ. You've got to make sure that one way or another you're keeping TJ. But I think from there, um, it, it's going to be ensuring that there is a plan of succession, or at least a concept of a plan of succession for Ben. I don't know how you get Mason more involved. Do you wait for Ben to get hurt? Do you get him more, I don't know, first-team reps other than Wednesdays in practices? Do you get him a, a ton of action in the preseason? What What is it that separates Mason or that allows Mason to separate himself and say, hey, look, this dude's ready to start in the NFL, to at least give him that chance and no, 2019 really wasn't that, to be fair, on, on a whole bunch of levels. Once you do that, then you start figuring out, all right, you're either going to have to pay Mason or you're going to have to try to build up some draft capital so you can move up to get the dreamy draft quarterback or hang on to X amount of the $150 million that's available to you in cap space for now. Man, everybody wants to look ahead. I, I get that, Nate. I, I think it's it's great. But there's still a whole football season to be played <laughs> between now and then. You know? You never know what can happen. You never know what can change any of these conversations. Thanks for the question. Thanks to everybody for listening. We'll do this again tomorrow. <laughs>